0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. All right, I'm going to need some help here this morning on Inauguration Day. I need to know if anyone out there can tell me when I'm supposed to scream at the universe. <laughs> ah, Biden's president. Ah. Can, some, can someone help me with that? I also need to know when I need to start saying not my president impeach 46 i'll need some help with that because candidly i don't think like that neither do you welcome to the program here on whew, a day that uh many of you all of you virtually have been dreading um but here we are inauguration day 2021 we've gone through the election we've gone through all the stuff post-election we've had all the questions concerns all those things uh, that, of course, we've gone through and here pretty extensively and on a regular basis. But here we stand um, at the time, what this time live, depending upon when you're listening to this. Biden is about uh, what six hours from being sworn in as president of the United States. Welcome to the program. Fret not, my friends. There is plenty to be hopeful for. I'm going to go through some things this morning, kind of paint a picture. Uh, maybe reminisce a little bit, share some things with you that I probably haven't shared before. If you have questions, thoughts, emails, or uh, opinions, anything like that to share, you can email me. The email address Todd at com. You can even send your hate mail. I'll read a little bit once I read, depending on what it is. I mean, for example, um, if it's something that you just have a disagreement on me, that's cool. I'll listen to that. We can have discussion and debate around that. But if it's hate filled rhetoric, uh, I'll probably get to the first point in the email where that is said, and I will discard and ignore. So, Todd at com is the email for that. And let me encourage you again the best way as we look at the realities of the landscape that we are uh, living within or facing here in the next, well, the foreseeable future, is that, you know, we have there are folks that want to silence the things that we are talking about and they have big platforms like facebook and twitter Um, they've talked about getting rid of newsmax that's right cnn folks on there saying newsmax oan all of these folks need to be done away with because these of course of course are dangers to our republic or excuse me they don't say republic they say our Democracy. So the best way to stay in touch and avoid all of that is to subscribe to our email. list. totally free. It is something that I think about, though, regularly now. Uh, what happens if they try to separate uh, you and I, uh, which, of course, they think about. Some folks want to throw the switch today. <laughs> they wanted to throw it a long time ago because, of course, if you're a Republican, if you voted for Trump, if you're a conservative – you're a danger to society. You are an insurrectionist, a seditionist, and you need to be treated as such, and your platform uh, should be taken away from you. So email, or the, the way to join the email newsletter, todhoffshow.com slash subscribe. Those go out on Tuesdays with the help of my teammate, uh, Petals. Petals uh, helps take care of that, and it's good, uh, good to have her help, and it's good to have you here with us this morning. I want to start... I want to start with just kind of reminiscing a little bit. I remember, and I listened to this Trump speech yesterday, his farewell address, and I've got some sound bites ready to play um, There's a lot I want to share. It's about a twenty minute speech give or take. There's a lot I want to share, and I think a lot that's that's interesting and important. I think good in many parts of that speech yesterday it was a good overall speech um but I think that yeah, you know, I, I I'm not sure what I want to play. Just kind of feel where the program leads here, uh, heads this morning. But I want to start by telling you something I don't think I've ever shared with you before. Um, and I remember, I go back in time as we're you know preparing for the 2016 election. Um, I started this program in. August of 2015 it started as a podcast in our bedroom and my wife's closet I got to be careful how I say that because if I say my wife's bedroom closet people think they don't share a bedroom whatever no same bedroom different closets program started in there years ago now we're in the the home studio with a different setup and, and equipment and so forth but anyway that's where it started back in August of 2015. So this was right around the time that Trump came down that escalator. I wasn't even podcasting yet. Wasn't even podcasting whenever uh, whenever that all began. Uh, I was ramping up to do that, but I hadn't yet. So this program kind of, while we we didn't... <sighs> Didn't have anything directly to do with, you know, what that movement was in, the, in its infancy, the MAGA movement. I mean, in another way, we totally did, right? I mean, we, uh, we shared a lot of the same and we share a lot of the same vision to return America to its greatness, its constitutional founding, uh, to trust the citizen and the, in, the individual, not the government to make our decisions, low taxes, low bur- uh, bureaucracy, freedom of speech, press religion, uh, actually have robust debate instead of silencing people, those sorts of things, the right to keep and bear arms, on down the list, right? These are the things that America oftentimes says that it believes in, that she believes in, but many in America don't believe in these things, and we can see that by by their actions. But I remember, I remember when Trump came down The Escalator with Melania in, what was it, June or July of 2015, announcing his presidency. I'm going to tell you something that I've never said, not because it just never really came up, just as I've been reflecting here. I remember my wife, she either called or texted me saying Trump has announced he's running for president. And I'm just going to be honest. My first thought was, oh oh boy, um, this is going to be interesting. I I didn't know much about his – Politics, I only knew him really, I guess I mean everybody if you grew up in the era that that I did, and many of you did um, you could not know who Donald Trump was. You may not have known much about him specifically, uh, but you knew who he was, and you know, I had seen some of The Apprentice in fact, when my wife and I were dating, we watched i don 't know if we watched the whole season of one, but that was my that was my introduction to Trump, and I just – I don't know. I didn't really like that, to be quite honest. Uh, I, I just – I didn't know what to think, um, and I just was was gathering my thoughts. But it wasn't far into the, the process at all when I thought, hey, what this guy's saying is exactly what needs to be said in the Republican Party. Which the Republican Party, that's a whole other discussion to have, right? But But in 2015 – and I remember saying this on the podcast back then – which you can listen to archives, com slash listen. We've got every podcast. You can go back to our very first podcast. But I remember distinctively, I remember um, back in 2015 as we were moving towards the you know, choosing of the candidates and so forth or who our candidate would be, the, the primary process. I remember, I remember thinking there's two problems with the Republican Party, two, two main problems. Number one, the Republican Party is not conservative enough. Those that get elected, those that are in positions of leadership often in the Republican Party, um, and this isn't a blanket statement, there are exceptions to the rule, but in general, generally speaking, these folks um, are not, I don't know if they lose their principles once they get into power. I don't know if they never really had it to begin with. Maybe it's a combination thereof, but oftentimes the people who are calling the shots or who are running for office, who are holding elected office at various levels in the Republican Party. They're not true principled conservatives. They're just not conservative. They uh, they really believe in the growth of government. Their faith is in the government. They've oftentimes come to the conclusion that their perspective, their involvement in making decisions in the lives of people is necessary because they're I mean it's, it's, it's an elixir, folks. It is, it is, it is uh, something that draws you in, this power. And I think, I think even well-meaning sometimes Republicans, conservatives get caught up in this and they lose their way, their principles. We've seen this with Tea Party candidates. Um, some of them have gotten to D.C. and they've poof, become just like the, uh, the Republicans, the, the, the country club Republicans or the establishment Republicans – but the other problem was Republicans were and still are in many ways a bunch of wimps. In fact, you've already seen this begin to take hold in the absence of, of Trump or what was setting up to be the absence of Trump in Washington, D.C. in a position of power starting today here in a couple of hours. But you've seen um, the wimpiness. And I, as I've said on here before, and I will say again, and I think this is demonstrably true – demonstrably true i don't think you have to be even a student of of politics or history to know this i just think you have to pay attention you have to ignore what the media tells you and just pay attention for yourself but when republicans hold office they are uh, they are attacked by the press they are called names and oftentimes more times than not they capitulate they give in They say, I'm sorry, even for something they didn't do. I'm not saying that Republicans never make mistakes, and they should apologize. We all should when we do that. I'm simply saying that the traditional way that this works is Republicans are in charge. This happened with Bush. This happened with Reagan. This happened with uh, Bush 1 back in 88 to 92. But to a great deal with Reagan, right? Reagan was a— Uh, an idiot, they said, just an actor, uh, didn't have any business, was too stupid for the office, and all this sort of stuff. I mean, a lot of the same things they've said about President Trump as well. And normally, normally, like with the Bush administration, for example, they would just ignore this as their numbers would plummet. They would let the media say whatever, whatever the media wanted to say, and they would just ignore the negative effects And it hurt the office. It hurt the leadership. It hurt – I mean it it really was a devastating position politically to be in. But they thought that they were above the fray and all that sort of stuff, and they wouldn't get into that. But Trump says, forget that. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight, and if you call me a name or you say something about me, I'm coming back after you uh, with everything that I've got. Now, um, I know some folks don't like that. Some folks think – you know that's not necessary we can't do that but the point is the point is is that we we need to have a fighter we need to have someone who's not intimidated by the tactics and strategies implemented by the media and the radical left that's simply uh, that's simply a prerequisite it is required and i don't think the average now you understand but i think the average person in america truly gets just how uh, prevalent This mindset, attitude, etc., is in the media and even in the Republican Party. the, The attack sense of the media, they want to advance the agenda of the left, the Democrat Party. They have that attack mode mindset. They're always playing the long game. They're always looking for weaknesses, the chinks in the armor. And Trump, or excuse me, Republicans in general, think, how do I keep my head down? I don't want to be a victim of that. Who wants to go through all that? Who wants to be called names incessantly? Who wants to engage in fighting? It seemed as though Trump was energized by it. It seemed as though Trump was actually energized by it and was willing and and ready and able to engage in it. And it got ugly. But the reason it got ugly was because the other side didn't stop. It's the same thing they'd always done. We just had a guy that fought back. And in fighting back, he tore back, removed the veil, lifted the veil, whatever you want to say, into just how truly atrocious our government has become. It is Bloated isn't even the word. It is obese. It is inefficient. It is sometimes completely out of control. In extreme cases, it is perpetrating evil. We've seen this. We've seen this with what was done on the, you know, the spying with the Trump administration? I mean, or on the Trump, uh, the, the Trump uh, campaign. I mean, you can go back to the Obama years and look what was done to uh, the media, spying on certain members of the media, uh, Tea Party groups or conservative groups were targeted by the IRS. On and on and on we go, and some of that had been lifted before, but man, this Trump has really ripped the cover completely. Off of this, and we now see that. And so, even though Trump, I guess, is leaving here today, leaving the White House, his, his term is up, <clears throat> he is making way for President elect, soon to be President Joe Biden. Ugh, much as I don't want to say that, um, that's where we stand. He is, look, he is, um, the movement is still here. And I, that's, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to look a little bit at this, um, at his speech, some of the things that he highlights there. But the movement is there, and the movement is not going away. And Washington D.C. knows it. That's why they're impeaching him. That's why they're still attacking him. This, my friends, is not going anywhere. Especially, and elected Republicans should be well aware of this. If they have intentions of being reelected or renominated or whatever, they best deal that they best address issues pertaining to uh, election security. Um, Free speech and lots of other things as well that Trump has been talking about. But I've got to take a timeout. Timeout is in order here. We've got lots of stuff to do here on this inauguration day for Joe Biden, Kamala Harris happens in just a few short hours. I'm going to take a break, dry my tears. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have to dry my tears. I'll leave that for the radical left to scream and cry and all that sort of stuff. But no need to do that here. Come back and discuss this further when we get back. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, I want to mention that this program is brought to you in part by our friends at Spur of the Moments Creations. Spur of the Moments Creations. They produce handmade homemade poured candles and melts that are made here locally in fishers the great state of indiana and they're selling through their website spur of the moments creations is where you can find them and folks uh, i appreciate it. i'm grateful for all of our our sponsors and advertisers um that is a necessary thing look if we are going to keep our you know, voices heard as we look at the post-Trump world and the reality of those that want to silence the words that I am saying or that you are saying, you are thinking. And we know that they're out there and we know that they have a lot of power and they don't like it they don't like debate. But one of the things necessary uh, to in, in making sure that we can have these platforms is that we do... Um, basically stick together and so this is kind of the opposite of the camp uh, cancel culture right you don't like the cancel culture Ooh, these people they gave money to elect josh Hawley. shut him down Arr, right this is the same people that scream at the universe who want to impeach trump the the second he was uh you know elected or whatever before he was elected and so we have to combat this and one way we can do that is to is to help those that make the message possible. So support our advertisers. By the way, you can find out more by visiting that website, supportouradvertisers.com. You can see a list of our advertisers and so forth. But anyway, just wanted to share that with you. Let's look again. Let's go back to this. Really, the movement is where I left off with President Trump. Um, President Trump, the Make America Great Again movement – um, he tapped into something and led a movement of the American people that is still alive and well. you think about you think about previous elections and movements and so forth in political history in this country, and you realize that you realize that um, you know they don 't there, there's some emotions during an election time, right? One candidate or one maybe person, one administration leaves, the other um, – the new one comes in. The one side is happy their guy is coming in. The other side's upset that um, their leader is leaving or whatever the case may be, right? There's some emotions here. But the movement – the movement. I'm not talking about the organization. I know that Obama's organization stuck around – and they've been doing some things, and, and candidly, they've been effective behind the scenes, doing some things that I think a lot of people have no idea about their involvement in some of these things. Uh, I mean, they've been front and center on these things, but they've kept a low profile. The movement itself, so but it's that's different than the movement itself, right? I mean, you don't hear hope and change anymore. You still hear, hear make America great again. You drive down the street, you'll still see Trump and Pence signs. You'll see Trump flags flying in the yards of your neighbors. You will see people, you will see people wearing Make America Great Again hats. It's because President Trump has tapped into, has tapped into exactly what a lot of Americans have realized about Washington, D.C. They are disconnected. They are elitist. They are micromanagers. They have placed a heavy burden on the American taxpayer they have placed a burden upon you and your family. They don't like you to say things against them and their leadership. How dare you have the audacity to do that? In fact, they need to, you need to be shut down. You need to be taken off of Twitter or Facebook or whatever. You can't be allowed to do that. They want to take down Newsmax and OAN, CNN, really having a legitimate discussion about this. CNN, the group that whined and complained like a bunch of little babies – Jim, very fake news Acosta, always upset that President Trump was violating the First Amendment by criticizing the media and calling them fake news, to which Trump kind of played with him one time and said, I'm sorry, Jim, for calling you fake news. And Jim kind of walked straight into the, tra- <laughs> into the trap and Trump said, you're very fake news, which I and millions of other Americans love because, folks, we are in an information battle. Right, And that's really the reason that this program exists, is to to help shine light on on truth and to talk about ideas. And I will say this. No matter what someone's ideas or ideology is, if they are not interested in explaining and articulating and debating, you should run away from them. If they say we should silence the other side, then you should really question what they're really trying to do. That is not healthy in a constitutional republic – that is not what the founders envisioned. That is not what is necessary for the free exchange of ideas and for you to be able to have the information you need. Other people have the information they need to make decisions. When one side hides information and the other side is silenced, the other side. When one side doesn't want to debate anything and the other side is not allowed to say anything, that is a very troubling, troubling. Uh, I don't know landscape political landscape and so the movement lives on the there, there is there is literally no at this point in time no risk of the movement dying out the people who have supported Trump it, it's deeper some people think it's just because of you know Trump and they'll say you're a cultist they just they, they don't want to understand they're deceiving themselves they're condescending uh, they they don't know how to combat it. I, there's a lot of reasons, but folks, the reason ultimately is because Trump believes in the American dream, and Trump believes in the American people. Trump believes, Trump believes in some of those core principles of the Constitution that have made this nation great. Now he's not an ideologue. He's not someone that looks through, you know looks at the world through an ideological lens. But he is very. Um, He understands, he understands how important freedom is. He understands how important your, you know, your ability to have your faith is, your ability to be able to protect yourself and your family with a firearm is. He understands how important it is to be able to say what is on your mind and conscience and not worry about being, you know, basically blocked or censored from society. And anyone who understands freedom understands that as well. And so it's the ideas and his willingness to fight for those ideas and expose the corruption, the massive corruption, folks, that we have in Washington, D.C. is – I mean, again, as I said earlier, the veil is lifted. The veil is lifted, and we have seen not even the full – the full ugliness of what is in Washington, D.C., but we've seen enough – We've seen enough to realize that it is a legitimate problem and something has to be done, and that something involves the standing up of the American people, the organizing of the American people, the commitment to the ideas uh, in you know, the Constitution. You could say in the Make America Great Again um, movement. Some people say, oh, that's racist and all this stuff. Come on. I mean, give me a break. I, th- this, is, this is so patently ridiculous and silly. Some of the allegations that have been made about an an idea that they all they all understand, they all understand, but they're afraid of it. That's what it comes down to. They're afraid of you. They don't want you to realize that you can fight back. They don't want. And I mean this in the most uh, nonviolent way that you can comprehend. I don't mean physical. I just mean we are going to. We're empowered. We're in some degree organized. And empowered by by what we 've seen by the President, who's president still today, even though the left doesn 't want to admit that, but, but Trump is still President here for the next few hours, and then look and I've really quickly president when when Biden's inaugurated, he is going to be my president i 'm not going to play these stupid games of the left now he's not the person I chose i think he's I think he's got terrible ideas, well, his people do i don 't know. with with Joe Biden anymore. What's you you can go back at his past and you can see uh, the type of politician and person this guy really is. But, you know, now he's he's in this stage where I'm not always even comfortable criticizing because there's something concerning there. But nonetheless, that movement, that ideology, there's a lot wrong. And I don't want to see that succeed. I want to see America succeed. I want to see the economy flourish. But in order for that to happen, the things that these folks want to see done cannot happen and in that sense i want their ideology to fail so that america succeeds so that you succeed and so we have to be prepared to fight back and to not capitulate and i think trump has has inspired a lot of people to do that he's empowered a lot of people to do that and they are terrified and they don't like it so timeout is in order here timeout is in order quick timeout i'm going to come back i'm going to play a couple sound bites from trump's farewell address um I'm there's so many to pick from I needed to look at that during the break and see which ones I want to play but we'll talk about those play those after the break sit tight you're listening to conservative not bitter talk I'm your host Todd Huff back in just a minute So I said during the break or before the break that I would play a couple of sound bites from from the speech. And again, there's a lot to to choose from. In fact, I'll have uh, pedals a little bit later today. She can post this speech for you to see in its entirety. It's about 20 minutes, and it's a good speech. He he hits the high points of what his administration has done. He cast his you know his vision. I guess uh, he summarizes why he. Uh, became, why he became interested and ran for president. Um, he talks about, again, the accomplishments. And he's he's got a message of hope in here. You know, it, it's amazing to me. I wish the haters, and they won't listen to this, but you listen to this. Remember we were told Trump wasn't leaving the White House, Trump's going to start World War Three. Nancy Pelosi wanted to take the nuclear codes from this guy. It was all a sham. It's all make-believe. It's all political theater to reinforce this idea that President Trump is some danger. He, of course, incited a riot at the Capitol building, they say. But what's where's the evidence? Play the clip. Have you heard the clip one time? Actually, the clip that I heard, the clip that I heard from the speech said to peacefully and patriotically walk down to the Capitol building and let them know what you think, pretty much. That incited a riot, and now we've got Mitch McConnell wanting to He's apparently on board with impeaching Trump, and it's just ridiculous. It's truly stupid, really, if you get down to it. We're actually debating whether or not we can impeach a sitting president, or someone who's not even sitting as president of the United States. There's actually a debate going on about this. You know, when Nixon resigned, when he was facing impeachment charges, they didn't continue the impeachment charges. They dropped him. Impeachment is... Uh, you know, designed if, if you're impeached and removed from office, that is the way that Congress can intervene and do something about a sitting president. The American people can vote if Trump decides to to run in 2024, which I'm making no predictions or projections there. But if he does, he decides to run in 2024. um You can decide. You can decide. You can think about. Maybe that was – maybe he did incite violence. I'm not saying he did, but that can be your choice. The people then have a choice again, a vote. When someone is sitting in the office of president uh, and something arises, you don't have that voice or that – until the next election. So that's why there's impeachment. This isn't complicated stuff, but they want you to think it, and they're having some deep uh, legal theoretical debate about this. Whether someone who's not president, whether someone who, at noon today, is going to be a citizen, can be impeached? It's ridiculous. But really quickly, really quickly, I'm a little bit off the time clock here, as as uh, sometimes is the case here. But I want to play this part of uh, Trump's uh, Trump's uh, speech. I want you to listen to this uh, this, this soundbite.
1: Years ago, I came to Washington as the only true outsider ever to win the presidency. I had not spent my career as a politician, but as a builder looking at open skylines and imagining infinite possibilities. I ran for president because I knew there were towering new summits for America just waiting to be scaled. I knew the potential for our nation was boundless as long as we put America first. So I left behind my former life and stepped into a very difficult arena but an arena nevertheless with all sorts of potential, if properly done. America had given me so much, and I wanted to give something back. Together with millions of hardworking patriots across this land, we built the greatest political movement in the history of our country. We also built the greatest economy in the history of the world. It was about America first, because we all wanted to make America great again, we restored the principle that a nation exists to serve its citizens. Our agenda was not about right or left. It wasn't about Republican or Democrat, but about the good of a nation, and that means the whole nation. With the support and prayers of the American people, we achieved more than anyone thought possible. Nobody thought we could even come close.
0: So he's summarizing, right? He's a summarizing why he did this what he was facing the the movement itself what make america great again meant what it means what america first means which somehow somehow upsets the radical left america first how dare you say that that's offensive to the rest of the world it, that is that is such a ignorant thing to say america first does not mean america at the expense of everyone else. It means we take care of our business. It's like how you live the rest of your life, right? If you manage your life and your family, right? This is, this is how it's done. You don't say, I wake up in the morning and, and, and I'm going to um, you know, go fix my neighbor's problems. You're best equipped to help your neighbor if you're healthy yourself. Same way with your business. You focus on your business, what you're doing, your job doesn't mean that you don't care about anyone else's job it means that you have to take care of what's in your controllable universe right this is common sense it's how we live our lives but suddenly on the world stage if we say it's not you know america first or if we say it's america first people gasp how terrible no one's saying america and nothing else people are saying america first this is the way we have to think we cannot we have to take care of our business. We cannot solve every problem in the world. We can be a beacon of hope. We, ha- we can get our business together. We can shine the light of liberty and freedom and truth. How about we do that? Nope. Instead, we want to quibble about whether it should be America first and how offensive Make America Great Again is and how that's racist. It's preposterous is what it is. They know it. You know it. I know it. And I've got to take a break. Sit tight we'll continue this discussion when we return. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. <clears throat> Welcome back. So here we are uh, going through a little bit of Trump speech. Time time permitting here. Again, the whole thing will post uh, on our website, ToddOffShow.com. Also on, on social media, Pedals will uh, we'll take care of that later uh, later this morning. So um, I want to play this part. This is this is the concluding remarks, and I want to play this. I want to get as much of this as, in as I can. Um, and I think this encapsulates a big reason for Trump's success and how he resonates with the American people. Here it is. Perfect time for this thing to – hold on here. Bear with me, folks. This this So I said the American people. I really should say um, his supporters. He talks about here in his concluding remarks – The the image that sticks with him the most So here it is Why is this not going folks
1: Four years One image rises in my mind Above all others Whenever I traveled all along the motorcade route There were thousands and thousands of people They came out with their families So that they could stand as we passed And proudly wave our great American flag It never failed to deeply move me I knew that they did not just come out to show their support of me, they came out to show me their support and love for our country. Mm, This is a republic of proud citizens who are united by our common conviction that America is the greatest nation in all of history. That's right. We are and must always be a land of hope, of light, and of glory to all the world. This is the precious inheritance that we must safeguard at every single turn. For the past four years, I have worked to do just that. From a great hall of Muslim leaders in Riyadh, to a great square of Polish people in Warsaw, from the floor of the Korean Assembly to the podium at the United Nations General Assembly, and from the Forbidden City in Beijing to the shadow of Mount Rushmore, I fought for you, I fought for your family, I fought for our country. Above all, I fought for America and all it stands for. Amen. And that is safe, strong, proud, and free. Amen. Now, as I prepare to hand power over to a new administration at noon on Wednesday, I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning.
0: That is There's correct. never
1: been anything like it. The belief that a nation must serve its citizens will not dwindle, but instead only grow stronger by the day. As long as the American people hold in their hearts deep and devoted love of country, then there is nothing that this nation cannot achieve. Our communities will flourish. Our people will be prosperous. Our traditions will be cherished. Our faith will be strong. And our future will be brighter than ever before. I go from this majestic place with a loyal and joyful heart an optimistic spirit and a supreme confidence that for our country and for our children, the best is yet to come. Thank you and farewell. God bless you. God bless the United States of America.
0: Well, there you have it. Now again, the rest of the speech. It's worth listening to. It's about 20 minutes, Um, but we will uh, link to that on our website and our social media accounts today. So got to take a break. Come back and wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. I know many of you are disappointed, discouraged, disheartened today, but, and I understand. I mean, we have a real fight on our hands here, and we need to hold true to the principles, communicate those, persuade people, find candidates. We got a lot of work to do here, but folks, we have truth on our side. We have the Constitution on our side. We have philosophy. All these things that that made this country great, these founding principles, they're all those things are on our side. So be tough. These things have always been the enemy of those who want to rule and control our lives, the ruling class. We've been in positions before that are difficult and succeeded, and we will do that yet again. But, folks, I've got to go. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.